Welcome to Mile High Magazine with your hosts, Adam Morgan, Murphy Houston, and Melissa Moore. Mile High Magazine takes a look at the issues and people shaping Colorado, presented by the Public Affairs Department of Bonneville, Denver. Now, here's your host, Adam Morgan. Colorado voters received your election information blue books last week. This week, the ballots start arriving and the voting for election 2018 begins. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. With the arrival of the mail-in ballots, the most important phase of marking then returning your ballot in time for counting gets underway. Although the process is largely similar for all Colorado counties, as Denver has an additional six ballot questions, thus a longer ballot, We'll continue gaining election insight from key members of the City of Denver election team regarding drop-off or mail-in, voting assistance, tracking security, and other voting process matters we all need to know to be full election participants. Our election 2018 process touch base continues with Denver City Clerk and Recorder Deborah Johnson, Deputy Director of Elections Jocelyn Bucaro, and Senior Public Information Officer, Denver Elections Division, Alton Dillard. And one of the things that we did, because this is how we operate in Denver, we actually had members of the disability community come in while this system was being put together and mm-hmm. thought out, as opposed to saying, well, we know what's best for you know everybody, so here's how you're going to vote. We actually had members of that community come in, and they gave us some really good feedback about, you know, maybe the joystick needs to be this direction, or if you're going to label it in Braille, don't put it on this part of the unit, those kind of uh, things. It was, so they were your beta testers? Mm-hmm. Yes. Deb, you must have spent, uh, your, your team here, you must have spent a lot of time making sure the team took a look at what was going on around America and took every good thing they found to see if we can implement it here. Mm-hmm. And there's probably people who don't win elections are just mad at you because <laughs> well, you're giving I, too many people a chance to participate. Well, this is true. That has been one of my driving forces, accessibility in terms of voting and making sure that the experience is pleasurable or um, at least, you know, they have that ability to vote. But I also want to give credit to my team. It's not me. It's about them. It's about my team and their abilities and their thought process and bringing those forward. Yeah. Another thing that we have done that's starting to get some attention is there's a lot of confusion about the voting rights of people who may have run afoul of the law. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. In some states they can vote. In other states they can't. Yes. And in Colorado, as long as you are not in active felony status or on parole – you are able to vote. So okay, now, you, now, now, active felony status means you're in jail. No, it means you have a felony. It means you have a felony. And you can either be in jail or you can be on parole, but parole is considered custodial. And one of the things that happens is people use the terms parole and probation interchangeably. They're not one and the same. Yeah, but, but if you've been convicted and you've gone to jail, mm-hmm. you're out, but you still have a felony in the records because the record doesn't go away, right? right. Exactly. So, But the, as long as you clear probation, then, you know, as they say, you're considered off paper, and then you do have the ability to restore your voting right. The person has to do it proactively. There have been a couple of legislative attempts to make that automatic, but the reason I bring that up is that we have a, a partnership with the Denver Sheriff's Department and the Colorado Criminal Justice Reform Coalition, where we actually have facilitated a program that allows 
voters who are eligible in both the city and county jails in Denver to be able to exercise their right to vote. And now through rulemaking, the Colorado Secretary of State has put into election rules that the other counties that have county jails have to come up with sort of a replication of our process. Ah, good. As much as I would really love to think they're doing so, but they're probably not listening to me if you're in the jail. But those people who are out may be, mm-hmm. and they're thinking that they can't vote. Do they also dial 311 to find out what they need to do in their particular circumstance? They can do that, or they can also just go to our website, because we actually have a link through to the Colorado Criminal Justice Reform Coalition's website, mm-hmm. and they have a very good explanatory flyer posted on their website, sort of explaining the differences. But again, unless you are in on a felony or still on parole, you can vote. And so we actually have a, we work with the program managers at both the uh, jails and we started out with a process where we would go out there and then we started using CCR, CCJRC as our sort of eyes and ears there. And so we accompany them when they go on their visits out to the uh, two jails and we go into the pods and just sort of announce why we're there and have people come ask any questions and we can register people on the spot. So if a family member listening has a person that's been involved with the criminal justice system and they may be out, they can give them this information that they just heard Mm -hmm. so that they can participate in the election as well. Correct. And I brought that up, you know, to dovetail on what the clerk mentioned just as far as accessibility and our voter centricity. And one of the things there hasn't been any blowback because these are eligible voters. Mm -hmm. You know, you would think in, you know, even in today's talk radio era, there there people be raising the flag of some sort. But this is an eligible voting population that is eligible to vote by state law. And you also made a very good point in the way that elections are this 50 state patchwork. And so there are people who've come from other states who think because their state did lifelong disenfranchisement that that's the case here. So we've been working this partnership with CCJRC for the past two and a half years to help dispel some of those myths. So if they're here from another state, you're here from out of state where a lot of people have been coming from because of the run up and real estate and everything else. And you've come from a state that has disenfranchised you before. That may not apply here. Correct. And and so you need to get on the 311 horn and find out what does apply and to get yourself instated so that you can participate. Correct. Or they can go to denvervotes.org, look under voter registration, and then we also have a tab for various uh, voter circumstances. You have one of the highest turnouts in any county, state, or anything else. All this work that you've been doing, that's the result. More people can participate. Mm-hmm. The turnout is higher than people the interaction of people with government is better. You said it very well. I think that having our goal in terms of accessibility, you know, we have tried to get rid of the barriers that people have continuously stated that stopped them or hindered them from actually voting. Hopefully, you know, the city and county of Denver has eliminated most of those. I mean, we're still working with the disability community to try and make it a little bit more easier for them. Yeah. And like you can see, we've tried with the people that have, you know, run-ins with the law. I mean, these are the people, those fringe populations are the people that actually, hopefully, we're reaching out more and more to get them to participate. And yes, as a result, we see high turnout. How about those people who have heard that, well, you, we know states and, and counties are, are, are purging their roles. I mean, my answer to them every time is, please just go check. 
If if you think you haven't voted in three times or three elections, then check on the rolls. And like you stated, check to see if you're active or inactive on there on your voter registration because we send ballots to active registered voter, not inactive registered voter. But we the only reason we have a lot inactive voters in our rolls is in the event that we receive some type of return mail. Mm-hmm. And that means that you haven't updated your address. And if they find that they're not there, they can still register at any time, that's right? That's right. And that's why it's so important to check that registration at denvervotes.org and make sure you're up to date. And, yeah, I mean, we, we as as the clerk mentioned, we, we do not cancel voter registrations um, because you didn't vote. We, we would only move you to an inactive status if it's clear that you've moved and haven't updated your address because we had mail returned. Mm-hmm. So if you think you might fall into that category, then you should certainly go to denvervotes.org and check that registration. And you've got vote centers, mm-hmm. again, not as many as you had before because of the mail-in, but you still have them. Right. We don't have as many uh, as we had when when we had polling places. Okay. Um, but the the voter service and polling centers, we, uh, we're actually going to have more open in this election than we had in 2016. Now, are they open for the full time the ballot is out there, or do they open the last week before? How are they scheduled? They're going to be open. Uh, most of our of our vo- uh, voter service and polling centers will be open starting um, October 22nd. So that's okay. about a week after ballots will be mailed. Um, and then we'll have we'll be opening additional uh, centers um, in two other phases, including the Saturday before um, the end of the election period on November seventh, sixth, excuse me, and um, and then we'll have a final set of centers open on the day before. Um, um, election day. We're trying to get away from saying election day, though, because we really have an election season in Colorado now. Where do people find out if there is a voting center near them? They can call us at 311. They can go to denvervotes.org. We will have a a map. There's a list of the centers now available um, on the Denver Votes website. And then Mm -hmm. we'll also have an interactive map um, available uh, when ballots are mailed um, for voters to just, you know, look up where their address is or look up where they're located and find the nearest uh, drop box for them to drop their mail ballot into or um, the voter service and polling center closest to them if they want to go vote in person. I've been getting occasionally that you're still looking for election judges. That's true. Yes, we are. We actually need another 150 judges to help us out um, at our voter service and polling centers or in the Denver Elections Division off headquarters um, for the election in November. If if voters are interested, again, we would encourage them to go to denvervotes.org and sign up to be a judge. And they get a little stipend to help cover gas. Yeah, and that that's kind, right. Kind they, they will. They'll get paid. So we're doing recruitment here, too. That's right. That's right. It's a great way to serve your community and, and, and help your neighbors vote. So please, please sign up. Is elections the biggest thing a clerk has to do? It is. It's one of. I think the other, in terms of it affecting my constituency, Yeah. the other thing that affects my constituency that I have in my office is foreclosures. Um, every Thursday, we auction off properties that have gone through the foreclosure prop- process. Yeah. And so that's the other function in my office that hits my constituents. Um, one's a little more positive than the other, but yeah. both of those are pretty major functions. But I guess at the end of the day, uh, as a clerk, if you've, in your case, you've expanded the voting participation in Denver County, uh, that's got to give you a real good feeling that I was here and I left something behind and a standard uh, that other clerks can reach up and, and meet. 
I appreciate the compliments. This is true. There has been a lot of change. Just ask my staff. Um, I've put them through quite a bit of change throughout the whole office in the seven years or the eight years that I have been in office. But I think, too, the, the key is, is I've always had my constituents in mind, you know, looking at the customer service, looking at, you know, what is it that we can make sh- sure that it's easier for them to mm-hmm. interact with government services? Okay. Election day itself, you can still drop off the ballot until? 7 p.m. S- 7 p.m., not 6.59. We would really rather you, you drop your ballot off actually before November well, 6th. Sure. We're going to sure, encourage people you, to get those ballots back early. You know Americans. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I had to stop over here at Walmart first, you know, they're on the way home. Yeah. Is there somebody standing at every one of those things? So at yep. 7 o'clock, at 7.01, you can't put nothing in there. That's right. Yeah, that's 100% correct. So, Because keep in mind, in Denver, you also don't even have to get out of your car to vote. And so what we do is we have teams that we send out to all the 24-hour boxes, and they're essentially synchronized. So uh-huh. 7 o'clock hits, they go flaps up. If you were <laughs> Flaps up your, meaning they close it they, down. They close it down. Okay. And if you are in your car by 7 p.m. at one of our drive through ballot drop-offs, the DPD officer will actually go out and stand behind the last car that's in that line at 7 p.m. So the election judges know anyone in front of this officer made it in in time. So, so if you see a, a Denver police officer standing there, you ain't done nothing wrong, but show up too late. <laughs> exactly. If you're behind that officer, it's like, well, and since you've had your ballot for uh, three weeks, and like you've heard both from Jocelyn and the clerk, we really are trying to encourage people away from thinking in terms of just election day. Uh, we call it election season and you know, in layman's terms, a lot of people think of it election season starting when they receive their ballot. But by right. the time you look at all the layout of the ballot and all the processes to get either initiated or referred measures onto that ballot, the certification of the ballot, the stuff that we have at the local level, while we're also waiting on certification for what comes down from the Secretary of State, it's a big, long process. Yeah, it and takes a long time to get it done. And so that's why we really want people to really think in terms we want them to take time and do their homework. But if you've had your ballot for three weeks, it's time to give it, you know, your research and then get that thing returned to us. We also really try to encourage people to drop it off in person. That helps sort of speed the process. And one thing we also like to make sure we talk about is the fact that we have Ballot Trace. Ballot Trace is our program that lets you track your ballot the same way you would track like a UPS or FedEx package. And so... You can sign up for that on our website, denvervotes.org, and it tracks it all the way from when it's sent out to you to when it's received for accounting on our end. Many thanks to Denver City Clerk and Recorder Deborah Johnson, Deputy Director of Elections Jocelyn Bucaro, and Senior Public Information Officer Denver Elections Division Alton Dillard for sharing their insights and assistance with us again for this edition. Remember, you can register the vote in Colorado until Election Day. And if you do not vote, you certainly can't complain. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Stay on your game. And we thank you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.